But now we're taking it back, taking it back to where it needs to go. And I reached out to this man and I have a lot of love and respect for him. His voice is a testament to our music. I mean, house music without this man doesn't exist in my book. His records are amazing. Even the ones from the beginning all the way through the 90s. I used to see him all the time in WMC and we're going to talk about all that stuff. But, you know, the one record that it's like either it's a ball and chain or a glory stands the test of time is someday as it was important then, it's as important as now. I'd like to introduce New Jersey, one of the greatest people I know, one of the most talented brothers I know, one of the most voices that is very recognizable next to Teddy Pendergrass and D-Train and Michael Wofford and all those great names. Put your hands together for Mr. C.C. Rogers. Thank you, Lanny. Hey, how are you, man? It's good to be here. Very Thank good. It's you. How, are you, how are you handling through COVID, first of all? Uh, it's, it's, it's been very challenging. Um, you know, um, just a couple of things, a couple of variations. I think mostly dealing with death in the, in the, um, in the sense of how I've been dealing with it. I, I've never had so many people that I've known in such a short span, not just get sick, but actually die. Uh, just too many for me to even mention um, from, from, from friends and family. So I think that's been more of, of the challenge for me of trying to stay positive and cope. Uh, I never really sweat about, you know, I, I hear a lot of my friends complaining about, man, we lost so much money. You know, we would be on tour, we'd be doing this. You know, as long as we have our health and our strength, you know, that'll return, that'll come back. However, you know, death, <laughs> there's no coming back. That's true. You can never replace those great souls and the talent and the friendships and the family that we've all lost due to this. But when it first started, who the hell ever thought this was this horrific? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, well. I'm, I'm more, I'm more, um, I think I'm more upset at, uh, at my country, our country, you know, um, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's, I try not to, I, I refuse, I, ever since this guy was elected, man, I refuse to, to comment or say anything about the p political thing. But, uh, as John Lewis says, if you, if you, if you, if you don't speak about it, you're just as guilty, man. And, um, you know, I don't want to get off the subject of what we want to talk about. No, it's all right. Let's let's talk about it. We got plenty of time. Don't worry. About America it. has never been behind or treated like a third world country, ever that I know of. And 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 I'm up there in age. I'm over fifty, and you're over fifty. We have always been admired. We've always, you know, we could literally say we were the best country when it comes to science or to or to technology or or, or to innovations. We we you know whether they made it from China or whatever, we came out with the phones, you know, we, our diversity, our, our ethics, you know, us being multicultural is why we're number one country. But now this division is showing how, you know, 
I, you and I are banded from going to Europe right now. <laughs> That's, I never. How do you think? How does that make I you feel? Because I, I feel terrible about this. You don't know. I can't get on a plane and go to Italy right now. I can't go to Spain or, because or, what? <laughs> Incredible, Lenny, right? I, I, it, it, it's surprise. It's like, you know, it's almost like I'm in a, in a, in a bad dream, you know? It's normally, you know, but we know the reasons why. I don't want to, you know. No, this is the reason. To, there's never been a time in history where America was banned to travel anywhere outside its own borders, ever. <laughs> well, I'm you know, I was promised we were going to have a border wall. They didn't mention that we're going to be bordered in like a jail. That was never part of my deal with that border wall. I went, I don't ever want this border wall, but now... If you travel and you earn your coins, and I say your coins from traveling as a DJ, as an artist, choreography, dancing, whatever you do, pilot, you're just a pilot, cruise director, anything. This is the first time in my lifetime, no less yours and many of others, where you could take that gloryful passport and put it next to the toilet paper. That's what it's just about good for right now. Absolutely. But you know what? Wipe your tears, CC, because goddamn, we're going to get through this. And you know oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. We're in an election year and some major changes are happening. You know, people keep telling me everything must change. I don't like that expression, but it does happen. It does happen. It's forcing people to, to realize that you are in no control of anything. Absolutely. First time in my life, I feel like I had no control of anything. I don't know about you, but that's how I feel. But, mm -hmm. you know, I have these conversations with many great artists, and they all feel the same. They're like, look, we're just going to stick it out, and God help us. With God's speed, we can get through this, and we will do everything we can. We'll just stay vigilant and stay healthy. That's the other part, because I keep hearing about a second wave coming mm -hmm. back. And that's what's scary. Is it going to be worse than the first one? Are they going to wind up closing down everything again? Where are we going to be at with this? News came from Ibiza. And Italy and Europe, Germany said, we are shutting down all parties now. Everything stopped again, like really stopped. They gave it a moment of reprieval. They gave time for people to try out some things. They didn't like what they saw. So... The most important thing is, is just keep making music. But you know what, people? We're not here to have you try those gosh damn eyes. Come on now. I want to make CC, I want him to tell you his story. And when I say his, like history, his story, because his story is very important. And I want to ask the first question. Where does CC come from? We know it came from his mom and dad. You know, and he was born. We got that part. But we don't really know the real CC. We want to know, and his little kid, what was the influences? We know he's a musician. We know he's a singer. But I'm going to let CC tell you that. Go ahead, man. You tell him where you come from, boy. Go okay, ahead. Okay, was pretty simple. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, <clears throat> the Midwest, uh, which is about an hour away from Detroit. And uh, Ohio, where Dayton, I, I lived Growing up, uh, I lived in Dayton. I lived in Atlanta. Uh, my mom moved around a lot all over Cleveland. So um, I grew up basically, you know, in the church as most young black musicians do and playing piano. But I also had a classical background, was, exp uh, was 
introduced to jazz in, 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 in high school and loved it. Uh, got a scholarship to go to Berkeley College of Music. CC, just one second, bro. Just bring up your volume a little bit. A couple of people mentioned the volume is a little low from your gotcha, end. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Let me... Uh, They're saying, please, we want to hear the story. And it's a little low. <laughs> that better? Is that the, better? Children are, the children are crying. Like, it's just low. Bring him up. Bring him up. I don't is have that, that better? Can you hear me better now? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. All right. So, so where were we? Before, okay. before too much, too much. Bring it down just a little bit. You're distorting. Okay. Okay. Is that better? Two Testing one, two, three. Perfect. There you go. Two. Okay. So before uh, going to college, like I said, I grew up in the church. I played in jazz band. I went to Shaw High School. To, hey, Shaw Cardinals, and um, I was introduced to a lot of type of music as far as classical, uh, jazz, funk. Uh, and gospel pretty much and i carried all of that with me as i went into uh to berkeley study i had a had a wonderful opportunity of meeting musicians there that would become you know legends in their sales in jazz whether it was bradford with marcellus uh, uh, uh god so many names that i forgot but uh jazz cats punk cats people that were fighting themselves uh, my partner who who uh, rico tyler shout out to you and um i would go on to uh, uh after college i went to i came to new jersey well new york actually where i kind of ran to you before you even knew who i was because you were playing um i was at underground at that time yeah you was underground i knew who you were you didn't know who i was i was struggling i literally uh, I, I lived, I was uh, in Central Park for two weeks before I, I found a spot here in New Jersey. And, and well, no, I actually stayed in um, the, the village for a little while, and then I moved here. But like most struggling musicians, I, I, I got into going to the clubs, uh, the village van. Okay, so, so before you go further, tell people what, paint the picture what Central Park and New York was like at that time when you were trying to get in there. 84, 1984, uh, uh, a little bit before the Central Park uh, Five, the uh, I, I, uh, uh, Reverend Sharpton. It was, it was, it was crazy. Central Park was a dangerous area. I had a car, I had a Ford, and uh, uh, I had nowhere else to go. Um, you know, a week. I never forget because I didn't know my, I didn't know my surroundings. But uh, it was amazing. But I got to see. Uh, the not so good parts of New York at the time, you know, the hungry, you know, but the people were still nice even then, you know, it was not a, um, I can't say how, you know, you said it was dangerous, but uh, Lenny, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. <laughs> tell it, dude, please tell it. This is what makes it real. Come on, that's true house stories. Come on now. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get into the violent part, but I did get a lady, uh, I show you how how you you know why why New York this is one of the reasons why New York big state of New York never supported Donald Trump because we know a con artist when we see one right and he's from New York but let's not go into that we're just going to just be honest I came from Cleveland and I saw uh, I thought I was getting a deal I was at the train I was at Penn Station and I saw a nice white woman with a little kid trying to sell a TV because she had to get out of town real quick, okay? And she got me for $300. You know, Lenny, the TV had a rock in it, right? That was my, 
That was my first experience in New York City. Con out It's called Yo Man. She knew she saw me coming. You're the that's the bamboozle. I bought a TV, thought it was a three hundred dollars. She had the fast Eddie. She had the seat. Remember Eddie? Remember fast? What was it? Um, uh, 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 what was it? What was it? What was the big electric? Crazy Eddie. Crazy Eddie. Crazy Eddie. She had the box. It was wrapped. She was like, I gotta get out of here. I was moving. My my husband was gone. But she had this whole good story. You know, white woman. I'm like, oh, I got a good deal. She wanted like five hundred bucks. I got her down to three hundred. I got that damn thing. It was a rock in it. Never forget. Heavy ass piece of crap you paid for. TV was so I was a big thing going around tours. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, wait, wait. So now, not only that, you got to drag this damn thing back. <laughs> you paid. Man. I got a great TV, but what'd you get? A big piece of SHIT. Rock shit. That was one of my first experiences. So, yeah, that was uh, crazy. Then, I, I, you know, I stayed in New York City for like six months, and then I found my way over to New Jersey. And uh, that's where I would stay to this day. Yeah. New Jersey. New Jersey. Start in the Oranges area? Where are you now? In which part of New Jersey? I've been for a while now, but I'm in the Montclair area now. Okay, that's a beautiful area. Very yeah, beautiful. Pretty but much. back then... There was a club called Zanzibar. Absolutely. Larry Patterson and T. Scott. Yes, yes. Working it. Before I mean, Tommy Humphreys. Humphreys became huge. Before Humphreys yes. became huge. Humphreys came through there. David Morales came through there, yeah. David Morales, if he's watching, you know we always mention, we forget to mention, but yes, it's true, David Morales came through Zanzibar. Hippie. Yeah. Hippie Torales opened the club. Hippie Torales, oh my gosh. Yeah. So we, you haven't done music yet. You're still trying to find your way. So you got into New York. You're looking around. You made it to Jersey. I'm doing music. I'm doing music. So I'm, tell I'm us, yeah, what's going on? What's going I, I, on at that time? I, I had a job. I had a substitute teaching job. I was in the school substitute teaching and playing in, you know, playing in the, in the clubs, you know, getting around, trying to shop material. But three years before I signed to Atlantic and met Marshall Jefferson, I was shopping around trying to get a deal trying to come out doing R&B. I would audition. I was going to ask you, what was I the genre? I went to Atlantic. I went to Casablanca, uh, uh, Epic, all of the radio stations, all the record companies. And it wasn't that they turned me down. They actually hired me. They actually had me, uh, but they didn't see me as an artist. They didn't see me. You know, I was, I was over 350 pounds. You know, uh, I just wasn't marketable at that time. And it was already a Luther Vandross. I was doing commercials. Uh, I started off, uh, one of my first major gigs was working behind uh, Melville Moore and Freddie Jackson and Lilo Thomas. I worked over at Hush Production uh, as a as an MD with bands, you know. So I was working, but uh, I couldn't go ahead. And I was kind of Except that, like, cool, you know, I remember people saying, the guy can sing, he's, you know, he plays several instruments, but, uh, yeah, we can't really, you know, we don't see him, you know, at that time, even then, even for a male artist, you had to have a, you know, that whole image just didn't require you to be, you know, talented you had to have a certain look you had to have a certain you know you got to understand michael jackson and, and 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 those cats was dominating so you know it just didn't fall with women it was just you know record business in the business for selling 
a, a brand and I just was not marketable. Even Luther Vandross had it hard at that time. Uh, and that's where house music saved me, allowed me to have a career because they didn't give a, a damn about how you look. It was always about the feel. Um, and that was a good thing. Was that because of the MTV thing that was going on? Because remember, MTV had just gotten to the point where it's becoming the, the thing that everyone's trying to record. Yeah. Yeah, MTV was, was, was putting a different spin. People were coming at that time. Uh, when I came along, by the time I signed to Atlantic, you couldn't do a album without having at least one or two videos. So yeah, uh, there was a visual, there was a visual thing going on in the mid eighties. Right. So people don't get that. They don't understand that it wasn't just that magical voice because think about it. If you looked at say the spinners, the band mm -hmm. of spinners and stuff, would they have been able to be marketable in that time if they didn't have the all the history behind them, all the gold records behind them? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we didn't have that visual. You just you 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 put the music on, you heard it, and you loved it. It wasn't about a visual thing. And then MTV changed the whole game. And well, what's I think, that like for you, you know, as an artist? I, mean, I, think, I think it was always that way. When you had Teddy Pendergrass or, or people or people Thompson, there was always good looking guys out there. But the, you know, when the when MTV came along, well, because when MTV first came out, they really wasn't supporting black artists. You know, they were more or less, you know, concentrating on pop, you know, it wasn't until BET, but BET was coming along at that time as well. So I think that, you know, music videos, ex, you know, exposed it more, but it was not a, it was not a major thing. You didn't have to be, but you had, you had the Chitlin Circuits, which was live performance and you had to be good, you know. Uh, in my case, like I said, I was, I was pushing 370 when I got out of school. I was, I was a big dude. I was a big dude. I look at some of the videos when I was performing at Club 88 and my manager who actually combined, who put Marshall and I together, you know. Who was uh, that manager at that time? My manager at the time was Billy Press. Billy oh, Press. I went from Zanzibar. <laughs> Billy from Zanzibar, Club yes. America. Billy Press. Oh he he saw the talent. Now, the thing is, is that he was just like any other A&R guy. He, when he first saw me, I was performing with a group called Platinum Hook when he first saw me. I think he came around because I was always local. I was There was a lot of local clubs around here. There was Zanzibar. There was Mr. West. There was Bogies. There was, oh, man, there was... I can't remember a lot, a, a lot of the place. Club 88. There was just so many. Club 280. Peppermint, 280. Lounge. The Peppermint, oh, the Peppermint Lounge. There was all these clubs and I was there. I was always there. But again, there was the, wow, he's a great performer. He sounds, you know, and then I really hadn't found myself because I sound a lot like Luther. There was this, you know, I was doing everything that Luther was. I hadn't really come out and really found who C.C. Rogers was. I was still- well, What was the song was at that time that you remember that you did? That, you know, that what was the song that was standing out that you were like at that time pushing hard, hoping to get a deal on? What was, because everybody has that one song you say, damn, this is right. I know this can get signed. Pre-Sunday, of course. You know, what- song called, A song called Lonely Girl that was on my, on my uh, first album. It was, um, I, but it was it was very R and B. It was very what I what I grew up with, and I didn't see what I I I knew what house music was. You know, it was just something. What I loved about house back then was that it was like it was amazing for me because 
you know, you you had gay and straight people going in the clubs, black and white, and they're going in there hanging out, Studio 54 or, or the garage, and there was no, there was no check, there was no people fighting, there was, you couldn't get that at a hip hop club. It was like, what is this? You know, and people would go in at nine o'clock, you know, we would go in with t-shirts on, and we would dance and perform all night. I loved it. Well, but Lenny, it was underground. Well, I did not, he, he, you got to remember at that time, at that time, that, that music wasn't being played on the radio. You got to remember there was a separation. What you were playing in 84, 85 was just in the club. Uh, or, the only time you heard on the radio was when Tony Humphreys was playing it on Kiss FM or, or different. Timmy Regisford or Merlin right, Timmy Regisford stuff. They weren't really playing it mainstream. In, in fact, it, it, it never really got mainstream until much, much later. But it was going mainstream overseas. Yes. That never changed. Dance music was always prevalent. But, you know, you're painting a picture of what Bentleys looked like on a Saturday night R&B. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and I, and I can Silver see Shadow, Sugar Silver Shadow, remember? Yeah. Right, Silver Shadow and Sugar Daddy DJing. Yes. I, remember, I could just see it. Yeah. Jeans. Kevin, Kevin Whitley's mouth. Yeah, what's it? <laughs> so, you're, so you're trying to make records that you want him to play so that maybe Frankie Crocker would get on BLS. Like somehow. Right. Hoping- I was pushing, I was pushing myself as, 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 the next Luther or the next, I was going and I wanted, that's the direction I wanted to go. I was, I was already behind like people, people, not people, uh, Freddie Jackson. I was already in there. I was, I worked with, you know, I was a music director with uh, Whitney Houston. I was behind the scenes trying to push out, you know. Yeah, people, you hear that? He said that he was behind the scenes. It wasn't like he was just discovered out of nowhere. He was there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For three years, three years, I was behind the working scenes, working hard, hard, pushing, working hard, working hard. And like I said, I was, you know, it wasn't that they were just closing the doors. It was like, what can we do with them? And like you said, the record company. You gotta understand, it's about. It's always been about business. Okay, can we make a living with this? Can we make some money with this guy? No. Okay. Uh, can we use his music? Let's sign you to a publishing deal. Let's sign you to a record. So they had me writing with people. They had me going on the road with different people. That was it, okay? Enter house music, enter Billy Press, okay? Billy Press made me a resident, uh, put my band in there because he liked the fact that it was only three or four of us and we used to sound like a seven, eight piece band. You know, synthesizers take, my band Rico Tyler, who, who was part of the a Diva fan, he and had his- Productions, Rico right, part of Smack. Right, right. We went to college together. Him and I was Rico, in a, one of the most talented keyboard players I know in the game. That's a story within itself because I know. He was I, a, I get, in fact, I've been saying he that was a year, him too. He was a year ahead of me in Berkeley, and him and I would become so close during the Berkeley years that I came here to Jersey first and went to the New York area. And then when he came down, he came into my band, and we just went crazy because it was just four of us. It was my friend uh, Cochise, who's now Baba, was on the bass, who also went to Berkeley, uh, Glenn Branch on the drums, myself on the keys and Rico. We were four-piece band, and we sound like an eight-piece band, and we were doing it all. We were doing jazz, we were doing funk. We were... So Billy Press made us the, the pit band uh, uh, for Club 88 every week, and we were there, and that's where I really honed my talents. And that's where he hooked me up with Marshall Jefferson. And that relationship 
would change my whole career, my whole destiny. And it was, it was, uh, even to this day, I talked to, I talked to Marshall every day. That's how, how close we are. He would become like, not just a musical mentor, but a brother. And it was a crazy relationship because it started off with a fight. (laughs) We would fight throughout the years, but not like fight, fight. We just had this relationship because Marshall, as you was talking about, Marshall is so big, he should have a Bentley. Marshall is a very simple brother. He's a very simple dude that is a genius, okay, period. But it's hard to recognize his geniuses because he's just, you know, I think of, when I think of people like Al Jarreau, who was just a phenomenal, phenomenal singer, phenomenal, the things that he did, it's, it's, it's like Marshall. Marshall had such a background, but he was simple with this house thing, you know? He actually played like this, like, like he couldn't play, you know? <laughs> he always hit, he always hit records and he couldn't play. And here I am, classically trained. So let me, I, I know that he probably tell you the story, but let me tell you from my point of view. So your perspective, go ahead. My my perspective was Billy, Billy was very close with with Marshall. Had him performing everywhere from Zanzibar. Was booking him around, and Marshall had this song uh, called uh, called Someday. He had already written it, and Marshall uh, Billy says, "Why don't you let CC, you know, why don't you put hook CC up? Then you guys come together." So Mar- Billy knew that I was this musician airhead, you know out of Berkeley, straight up into, you know, my influences, Ramsey Lewis, uh, 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 Bob James, uh, you know, uh, Rachmaninoff, Chopin. I'm just into the, the, you know, musicianship, Chicago, Earth, Wind and Fire, you know, music, music. And don't get me wrong. It wasn't that I didn't think house music wasn't music. It's just that, Lenny, my word was, it was simple. It was simple. It was, you know, it didn't, you know, I wouldn't call it cheesy. You know, it was a little bit out of the disco area and it was poppy and it just, you know. Come so on, man. Come on. I call it what it was. Stop. I ain't doing that gay shit. I ain't doing it. Are you crazy? That shit's tired. How many times I, I heard that? You know how many times I, I heard I, that from all the fellas? Not you necessarily, but I heard that how many times? I ain't doing that shit. I ain't doing that music. I said, exactly. I wasn't, I, well, because I didn't think that house music would do what it did. I, I, like I said, we're all, we're all, I am so blessed. And I'm going to tell you where, where, why, because to be 58 years old and to still be touring and to be traveling and to have a consistent career is incredible because it's unheard of, unheard of. of people who started out with me, who have bigger records, who are much known in the black community, had number one hits that's been on billboard and they have other jobs now. It's a lesson, but I can't say that I planned that because I didn't. So when Billy, when Billy orchestrated this, this uh, union between Marshall Jefferson and I, it was going to be a one-off deal. I didn't think that I was, you know, I like everybody. So I flew out to Chicago. I met, I never forget, uh, Marshall called me up. We got on the phone. He was very, you know, Southern type of, you know, even though he's from Chicago, he had this, you know, so he just laid back. Imitate him. Imitate him for everybody. Because people don't know how he talk, but imitate him. Go ahead. Hey, man, how you doing? <laughs> I was, I get, oh, oh, CC, oh, oh, nice to meet you, man. Oh, oh. <laughs> just like him. 
uh, you coming out to Chicago? Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you. And, you know, he was a very, very nice guy. You know, I got this record. And, you know, he was like, 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 like. So I went out there. As I'm going to do this song, it's going to be, you know, I didn't even want to do the song. I heard it was okay. What I did like is that the lyrical contact was deep even then because it was just what I've always talked about. It was about equality, unity. There was no questioning about the lyrics. Someday we'll all, all be free, you know. That was it was like, damn, this dude wrote 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 some serious lyrics. But the track itself was like dun 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 dun. Let's say everybody's gonna play for you. Listen. Chords. It was just so simple. It was just so simple where I would have had it be like I would have had it all caught. I would have messed it up. It just wouldn't. Now the CC that I that 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 has kind of like matured. I would have messed it up. Anyway, <laughs> Marshall. It was just simple. So we went out there to Chicago, and um, she, Marshall has his own version, and it's pretty much similar. But I remember that they had this big baby grand. Uh, I think it was Streeterville Studios. Something they had a baby grand, acoustic baby grand, in the middle of the floor. And I remember Billy telling me distinctively, CC, when you go out there, the guy is 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 a producer. He's not a piano player. Uh, um, you know, don't go out there showing off playing your piano and and do that. I went out there, man. I sat down on the piano and I played Chopin, uh, 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 uh in A flat. And the girls that came out, you know, there was women in the studio. They also kept beautiful women around. It was like. Oh my God! I was playing classical. Uh, Joe Smooth and them was in, in another room, and it was just <laughs> Marshall came by like, oh okay, ah, we play. Right. Went into the studio, and uh, it was cold. It was freezing, uh, Lenny. You know Chicago, and in the winter time. So I was warming up. I had just got the the guy, the tech people, when he got the uh, tea, and I'm warming up. <clears throat> What is that? What is that warm-up process for you when you know, as a well? Player? I do. I you know I like like most singers. I had learned. I had worked. I had the opportunity to work with Aretha Franklin and you know just the scales and stuff like that. But I didn't even get a chance to do that. I was just clearing. The track was on. So and I was just doing stuff like that while the track was on because when I came in. I think the guy, I forgot his name is, Steve Fisk. I don't know. He was, he was already, the track was being played. So I said, no problem, just play it. And I'm going to warm up to it. I'm warming up to it and I'm singing the track. And I happened, because first my eyes were closed. I had studied the words on the plane going over. So I kind of knew the song. I wanted to be prepared. And when I happened to look up over the, over, over the booth, I saw Marshall like this, you know, hands up like this, you know, and, and, and there was some girls behind, big breast girls. And they were breastices, like- Big breastices? Big breastices. <laughs> <laughs> and they were doing this and I'm just warming up. So I'm like, wow, they're like Okay, mm -hmm. oh, hey, cool. So Marshall was like, after this, he's like, okay. He said, that's a wrap. What? He said, that's a wrap, man. He says, man, you're phenomenal. He says, CeCe is the best, best, he said it right then. He says, the best vocal in house ever. 
huh? I, I, I said, man, I just warmed up. I'm, I'm ready to sing the truck now. And Marshall says, no, we're good. <laughs> you go back to the hotel. We're good, man. You want to you you get something to eat? You want to hang out? We're done. And I looked at him like, I just flew all the way out here to Chicago. Are you crazy? I'm not, you know, so that was our first argument. I said, man, I got to do this. You argued after that? You were arguing? We didn't really argue. It was just like, I, 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 I came all the way out here, man. I need, to, I need to lay these vocals down. I'm not, this is nothing. This is nothing. And so Marshall's like, okay. And I said, go ahead. He told the engineer, let him, let him do what he want. And Marshall got up and went to McDonald's. I, that's Marshall. And Marshall got up with McDonald's. I, I'm sitting there. I sung the song. I lived it the way I want. I took all the flat notes out. And, you know, because, you know, when you're singing, you know, live and performing stuff like that, I want to make it perfect because this is going to be on the radio. This is going to be a record. This is going to be a record. You don't want to get all them note bad stuff on there. Marshall was like, sent it to, uh, make a long story short, they sent it to Atlantic. They went crazy. They wanted to put it out. I heard the final version. I was crying because I was like, no, man, you don't hear all that. You know, I, I'm not hitting the notes right. I, someday. No, it's not. I'm, I'm sliding in. I want, I want to someday. I want to hit it like right. It's like, because we didn't have any melodyne or auto tunes. We had to do it right then and there. Record company flew me back out there uh, to do it again. We did it again. Went back to Atlantic, Merlin Bob, and uh, Sylvia Rome. They wanted the very first tape. Demo take. The, basically the demo vocal. You they the demo take. And I to that day, I never understood. Well, I understand now with music, because you got to understand that for musicians, we can learn the technical and the clean stuff. It, it always comes from the soul and how you feel. It has to be emotional. Use. Uh, uh, some of your singers, that there are singers that always sing flat. You know, you can't, sometimes you go to Juilliard, you go to Berkeley, and you can be brainwashed or you can be too technical and you, it's too polished. And I was kind of polished a lot to the point where all my years of being with Marsha, working with him, and I became his, uh, our relationship would become so deep. Uh, I would, I would be his keyboard man. I would travel with him. We, we, we. You know, I would do a lot of projects with Marshall. It was all about what's, how it felt. It was never about how clean it was or, or, or you know, th that's what house music is all about, isn't it? Back in the day, it was all about the rawness. It was always yeah, that's about That's what the gave that emotion. The street element is what made house music stand Absolutely. out. You mentioned Peebo, Bryson, and all those names. Those are polished songwriters and singers that are so well. They don't play. As soon as they open their mouth, it's like perfect pitch. Everything's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not this record. Absolutely. This record went against all the grains of what you were taught. Everything. And 30 years later, I'm being asked to perform that song no matter what. It's it's amazing. I didn't know that. I didn't see that. And 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 so, you know, my relationship with Marshall was was a, to this day is forever uh uh learning process in fact me and marshall used to have arguments in studios because we we would be working in studios and people say marshall is not going to work in the studio now he probably will but 
back in the day, we, we work in the studio an hour, two hours, and he wants to go to the movie. There was no all day in the studio thing. Marshall's like, if it didn't feel right, let's go to the movie, man. Let's get up. <laughs> Marshall's like, if it's there, it's there, you know? And it, it was a lesson for me. In fact, he used to tell me, he said, CeCe Berkeley messed you up. <laughs> he used to always say that. He said, Berkeley messed you up. Oh, all that theory, all that theory. And uh, he turned out to be, it turned out to be right. It turned out to be true. It's, it's at crazy, least in my, it's at, crazy, at least in right? my, my, my opinion. Listen, you could have been a PhD of a doctor of music there. And at the end of the day, what does that mean when it doesn't feel right at the end? It all it always comes down to you. There's someone who tells me he bought this keyboard that's got a thing on it that lets him put chords together. That's what was crazy for me. Because I'm classically trained too. And I was like, what? What are you exactly. talking about? The thing has exactly. chords to be put. He said, man, I just played this thing. And I said, well, you had, did you have any musical training? No. And Marshall would slow down. Marshall would take a 120 beat. He would slow it down to 60 or 50 and play what he needed to play. Literally. I, I, I saw Marshall. I had an apartment in East Orange and we had this uh, Yamaha FZ. I forgot what it was. Because it was like in the beginning of MIDI. It was in the beginning of MIDI, 84, 85, when he came out with Move Your Body. He would come over my house with this little box of a sequencer and he would slow stuff up and play. And I'm like, man, I could play this for you, stuff like that. But most of his records, it's a genius, man. The dude is a genius, period. And, I wish and he tell us. He'd be like, yo, man, stop. <laughs> He'd be like, yo, man, stop this, man. Come on, man. I know how he is. He'd be like, come on, dude. Man, I love that brother. Love that brother. Because I asked him the same question. Well, you and he was, you know, we all know. Later on, we found out, you know, he was working, he had a full-time job at the post office. And yeah. some of the friends he was working with turned out to be Curtis, the singer. This guy was on this record. They all worked together in the Chicago yeah. post office together. Yeah. 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 It was funny because all my, all my life growing up, I started, I started playing piano when I was five years old. That I would get introduced to music that would strip me from everything I learned and go back to the basics. But like I said, Lenny, it, it, you know, if it wasn't for house music, I don't even know if I would still have a career in music other than being a teacher, which I have taught. You know, I would have taught it, but I would not have experienced it on this level. Well, that's why it's called on the job training. Yeah. There ain't Absolutely. no other way to put it. Except Absolutely. just like that. Because there ain't no two days alike in this job. Exactly. 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 So Chicago, you go to this beautiful studio, you get blessed to warm up, do the song. You think this thing is crap. You're like, let me sing it for real. When did you hear it out and you were blown? And when, what was the first actually, spot you heard? Well, well, I actually heard it. My manager mm. let me hear it oh, two weeks later. He said, they're going crazy for it. Merlin Bob wants to sign it as is. And I was complaining from that day on. No, no, no. And, you know, Marshall was like, so I've heard it. But what happened was, was that within a month later, uh, Tony Humphreys played it on his, uh, I think he was with BLS at the time, or KISS. I don't know when it was. He played it on his, uh, what, what, what they call it, Lenny, what did they call it in the midnight? The, the oh, Saturday the Master Mix. Master, master Mix Dance Party. I'm sorry, yeah. Master Mix. Just and so you know, Marshall's over here cursing us both out. 
on the really I could hear him yelling at us. At it. He's like, you <laughs> fools, what's going on? I'm talking, blah, blah, blah. I know you're here, Marshall. We're, we're also paying you nooch right now because we're letting somebody else tell their story. You I just got to tell your story. I'm going to beat your ass like a drum. <laughs> Marshall, you could never beat me, okay? Even now. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, if that ever does happen, I want to be the, I want to be the Don King and put that pay-per-view special together. Marshall <laughs> Jefferson and CC Rogers together. We almost, we almost went to blows, but it was not because never, we always argued about musical. Um, he really had to, to teach me, and he did. I, I, considered, I considered that I learned from him because, you know, you know, before there was Drake, before there was all these, before rap and before these auto tunes and all this stuff, Marshall was telling me it's about the feel. So he was preparing me for this type of music that was on his way. I, like I said, I was coming out of the, the Peebo Bryson, uh, the, 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 the uh, 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 label mates, there the, the was Chucky Booker, there was Glenn Jones, there was these, uh, uh, there was these singers that was just polished that my Luther, you know, there was all these. So Marshall was 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 teaching me. And and so James uh, Ingram. They oh, Jesus. The, these guys were like, you know, these God. That, these were that, whole, God. that whole that whole Quincy Jones type yes. of production, you know, was 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 where I was, you know, where where I you know I was just a fan of. And Marshall was like, nah man, you know, he was just very you know, and so it was a, a teaching process. But we, we, when we, we, we almost had a fight, uh, but it was not because uh, it was not because of music. It was, uh, uh, it was because of, over, over, uh, it was because of a girl. I knew that. <laughs> well, not like you think. Even though we had the same, we had the same taste in woman. We didn't. We we never. No, okay, no. So before we get to that, we never fought over a girl in the sense of. I, I, you know, we were brothers. I, if he had a girl, that was his girl. No, 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 no. We never. All right. Well, oh, that's another story. Anyway. <laughs> so Byron Stingley is the hangout partner of Marshall. Right. And then Byron next month gets married and, and here comes Cece and Marshall. Hide your women. Here they come. <laughs> Because I do remember that. Hide your women. Here comes these two players. Hide them quick. So take it from there. You hang tight with MJ now. It ain't Michael Jackson. This is Marshall Jefferson. And you as CC Rogers now running around as his wingman, club to club, strength to strength. Go ahead. Tell us how that broke down. Some things we are not going to talk about. Oh, Some... you don't have to go. You don't have to go. <laughs> Let's let's just see, let's keep it G rated. Let's, let's just put it this. Let's just put it this way, Lenny. We had fun. We had a lot of fun. It was music. It was woman. Uh, we didn't do drugs, and that's what we didn't do drugs. We never got. We just saw so many of that. You know, we we were we were scared as hell about drugs. Uh, on that thing, we wanted you know, but the woman was. Let me tell you something. We lost a lot of money and 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 shit. The the money that we lost, we might as well have been doing drugs because women are just as expensive. <laughs> Marshall gonna get mad at me, man. But uh, I remember Marshall doing uh, fourteen different, uh, fifteen different flowers to different women 
uh, around the world for Valentine's Day. Didn't tell you that, did he? I'm, I'm in trouble. I already know I shouldn't have said this. I know. <laughs> It was years ago, Marshall. It was generations. What? Listen, hold on, stop. Listen, it roses. Was it was a generation ago, but it was it was like that. How many different colors of, of, of daddy? I don't man, and it was different. He was innovative. I mean, that was some. That was some. I mean, and these women were all over the world. Now this wasn't like just Chicago. All over the world, roses. I mean, like, and I'm talking about not cheap. I'm okay, I'm getting a message. I'm like, <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. I know I will be in trouble. I will be in trouble. It's okay. We, this, is, this is a family show. We love things like this. This is what makes house music, true house stories, true house stories. People love this shit. This is what they want to hear. They don't want to hear, oh, we clean the piano with Pledge. Who cares about that? We want to hear about how many different color roses did he pick out? You were there. You were the mm -hmm. wingman. Come on now. You remember. Your, your memory is as good as my memory because we didn't do the drugs. So let's go there. Yeah, how yeah, funny yeah, yeah. was it? How cool was it? Come on. Bring us was, back. There's also there's another thing about that was going on too. We had HIV and AIDS going on at the same time. We were losing yeah. our brothers and sisters in the music industry. I remember that as clear as day during that yeah. era. Okay. Yeah, we had so, it. We had it. We had it. We, how is that handling? How are you handling that with making music, running around all the clubs, kind of like a celebrity, because you were starting to become a celebrity now. Well, in our tour, right? In our tour, we had, we had, we had, uh, we had different type of, uh, we had boxes of uh, condoms. You know, we didn't just try. <laughs> we didn't just try. We didn't, you know, we started off with the ones carrying in your wallet and stuff. And then it became a big thing, you know, you know, the, the whoever was the tour manager, make sure you have boxes. And we, we, we were very careful. I think the one thing that I do regret wasn't fun was that I didn't, um, like most people, the money that we made and the money that we lost. You know, uh, in my case, I don't know about Marshall. I thought that it would not, you know, we were on this level. We were making a lot of money. We was working with some everybody, you know, whether it was Aretha, Lauren Hill. We were just working with everybody. Remixes, just, you know, I, I had been up under a lot of, you know, people. You know, I was doing Dave, David Morales' projects. We was just working. And it was good stuff. The money was great. And uh, I thought it was going to always be. And because I didn't do drugs, uh, because I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't do the investing that I should have did back then. And I should have been putting the money, say, and I should know better, you know, even though, because, you know, uh, someday came out, I was 24, 24. And Marshall I just broke in. Marshall want me to break in and tell you, we would compare condom brands for quality. Yep. <laughs> It's true. It's true. At least he's trying to speak through the straight. He's writing. He's working hard for you. You know what I'm saying? He's pushing that carry. He's like, damn this boy. I got to clear up. If he's going <laughs> to what's going on. You heard that? He, you heard what I just said? He would make sure they would check the quality. They have conversations. They have our music. They want to make sure it's quality. We don't <laughs> want that cheap shit. Send that back. That's not an our rider. So anyway, you you're working with Morales, Aretha Franklin, all these great Lauren Hill, all these great acts. And, you know, you're touching pop music world now, too. You're doing house music is 
is fr is a fresh new genre. And guess what? You are part of the first to actually crack that door open to go pop. Right. Right. You know, think about that. The first is always a first, and you are the first to have one of those records that crosses across, and it's no longer a house record now. It's now R and B dance record or R and B. And Lenny, it was so. You know what was so funny is that when Someday came out, uh, my grandmother died in two thousand. God said, I remember you know taking albums, running back to Cleveland, um, and I was showing albums because I had new cars and. Uh, my 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 grandmother, my mother's mother, she was afraid. She thought I was selling drugs because she saw me coming, taking around, and all this money. And you know, oh my God, I hope you're not selling drugs. And they were never playing my music nowhere in Cleveland or or, or down south or nowhere. And, and where where you know my brother and family members, nobody heard my music, and it was big in you know overseas you know i got people meeting me at the airport i mean signing autographs it was crazy the success that was happening in europe for dance music and what has happened is that you know i tell people now because all of the cats that came up when i came up um you know i won't mention their names but they were big r&bs had billboard top tens and stuff like that they're asking me see man you know we need to work together and do a record together now because the one thing that i have to say lenny about r&b music is that as much as i loved it as much as i grew up with it uh, 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 uh for black americans there's a time period you know it, it, how many you know like you said the spinners or classics or blue magic or you know it's not it, you know there's a few like people like Earth, Wind, and Fire, or people that would that stay that way for 30 years. But house music, you know, Barbara Tucker is still very relevant today as she Amen. was. Give her up. Where is BT? If a diva, if a diva wanted to come out now with a record, she could, she could be touring anywhere. A diva, you know, she kind of like retired. But Sybil, uh, uh, people that you've never heard of, I mean, you know, Blaze, if they was want to come back, Ten City is getting ready to do a new album. No, Byron's in the middle of it right now. They're writing it now. Byron, Byron was in South Africa touring, and he's, you know, we, we're, we're old, so we, you know. You ain't old, you're wicked. But Lenny, Lenny, look, look, Bon Jovi is old and he's still touring, you know. Hey, uh, wait a minute, I'm got news to you. Big Jag is old and they're going strong. Yeah, look, so in house music, there was a, there, there's been that plateau. Like I said, I, 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 every time I get called and I'm getting called only because of the pandemic that, and all my tours, all my concerts are postponed. I'm working and it's like, huh? I am working, so I, I, I find that a blessing. And that's because, yes, house music probably will never be as huge in America as soccer is to the world. Think about that. I, I always use that, that, you know, that scenario. American football is, a, is, is what one of the biggest sports in America. You know, you you have you have you have American you have American football in the UK. You have American football in Spain, but it can't top soccer. Soccer is now soccer is becoming big here. But you know, back in the day, soccer is the is in fact they call you soccer. You know football. who the hell Pele was in this country? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, you look at it. I didn't know this. You know, for me, 
I was depressed in the 90s. I was like, man, I, I'm not, you know, here come baby face and all these cats. And, you know, I'm like nowhere near them or, or, or you know, I, I did BET maybe twice. Nobody knows me. But I got them checks. And that's, and, and you know, the checks and the security. I was able to raise a family. I was able to do certain things. And then I have a fan base that still loves me to this day. You know, so we'll talk about this because I remember you worked with Airplane Records, Mara Ferrucci. You went and you went and put yourself in many different arenas of of the dance. Just about, yeah, yeah. You also went to more the e, not really EDM, but let's just say the harder sound, and you started, break, you know, expanding your genre a bit mm -hmm. in this dance mm -hmm. music scene. But you know, we always go back to where it all begins for someone, and that that first you know break that leg moment was it had to be someday. Yes. You know? Good, yeah. bad, or indifferent with the fight and all. Who the hell knew about the fight? I didn't know about that. All I knew, <laughs> all I remember was, all I remember was hearing that record, well, getting that record at the time. I knew Carl Bias and I, I knew about the record being done at that time in Chicago. But really to know record becoming huge was, you know, hearing at the garage and hearing yeah. the band play that record. I mean, the last last night that he played there, I was before. The last him. night, yeah, he played it that. Guthrie, Lolita Holloway, I think Shaka. Was Shaka there that night? Because I know I, poured, I did a gig with Shaka, but you was there. You were there, Lenny. I remember. You, like a little skinny kid, I remember. You were there the last night at the, the garage, wasn't you? I remember. You was in the booth. It was you, and it was me, Gwen Guthrie. Victor Rosado was there, Victor Rosado. A lot of us were there. Yes. Yes, yes. And I was I was new. I was one of the new artists. So I was, was I? <laughs> I was a young yeah, kid. We were new. We were young. And it was it was an ama I, I, I it was it was an amazing night, you know. The last night. I'll never forget that. Larry Levan, definitely I mean, I remember hearing that record and that record was played everywhere in New York. Every major yeah. club, white, black, whatever, Spanish, Indian, whatever club, you heard that someday. Because it was first of all, anything that was on a big record label got the attention more so than anything on an independent. You know, mm -hmm. right away it's like, oh wow, Atlantic Records. This is boom, 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 boom. And then it was like, wow, you that vocal? Not too far after we started hearing records like CC Peniston. They all had that same bass line. I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know where yeah. that came from. <laughs> Jefferson on there. We know where that shit's coming from because everybody's biting, biting on it, biting hard on the sound. You know, as we always talk about, it, it. it was remade so many times. Oh my god, to this day, yeah, yeah. Never did you ever think that would ever take off like that, right? No, no. And I never thought that. Uh, like I said, I never thought that I would work with uh, Marshall. 30 years later, I, and I, I'm so excited because- uh, What are you working I, on now? He didn't even mention, he's, did worked, you know I mean, how good his memory is? We were back together, man. I worked with them on the Tin City Project. Uh, I, I sung with them on the Let's Get Busy to just out now. Uh, it's myself, Marshall Jefferson, and these two Spanish cats. Uh, and like I said, even virtually, do, we're not Zooming, but we're just back and forth. I talk to Marshall every day. Every What's day. some of the chords? Did you show us some of those chords he's playing now with his one is he still doing the one finger technique? Oh Marshall's Marshall's evolved too. Now Marshall's evolved. I mean he's you know we're very the one finger technique 30 years later. Yeah, no, 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 no. He he plays a little bit more now, but Marshall's uh 
he's a he's a connoisseur. Like I have all these headphones, like Nighthawks, and he's still a, he's still a te- he's more technical now than he was, uh, a, 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 or maybe more technical because you gotta understand he had a big, big, uh, uh, you know, in, in order to be somebody that you know, like the father, you know, they call him the Godfather of house music. This guy brought in rock. You know, his his big influence was like Led Zeppelin and and and, and no, and that's some shit. I mean Hendrix and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's his, you know, and he brought that type of, you know, you know, when he when he when he plays. So that kind of sound is is what we do. But you was talking about chords. What what chords you want to hear? Well, let the kids hear. Let the people hear. What's this new song that you're talking about? What 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 um, fundamentals get break it down? Well, a little bit of the that Ten City. I'm not gonna. I can't let you hear that because it's gonna be good. But uh, love is just a game. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't remember that. Um, yeah, we we do it. I can't. I should have got prepared. I can't think of the chords right now. But all right, it's all right. Um, it's okay. Uh, so so then tell us the workflow. What's going on now? How is it? What's what's the pecking order? Are you coming up with musical stuff? Is he sending you tracks? How is this working out now? How are we well, doing this to in present? present uh, kind of like what we did in the beginning. We still work from scratch. Uh, Marshall was never a, a, a dude that liked to do samples. Uh, he's not a, a never been a sample type of dude. He's uh, and, and when they tried to put him in the box of like sampling and doing loops and stuff like that, he was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that," you know, and. Uh, he went on to experiment and do other stuff, uh, uh, like going up to 130, 136, but he was never sampled. So when I used to think of big time jazz artists that I was influenced by, like keyboard players like Ramsey Lewis or, or, or Bob James, I have to put Marshall in that innovative spot, even though he's not like a keyboard player, as a producer, you know, um, I gave him this song um, 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 that we just did with 10 Cities called Love Is Just A Game. And uh, I did the bass, I did the keys, I did the strings. And he came in there and he put some some horn lines on there and, and, and did some melody stuff that just put it over the top. You know, it's a, it's a you know, it, it, has, it has a, you know, I put the melody down because I'm a big, big, big fan of Earth, Wind & Fire. And I've always had this love of Byron Stingley as Curtis Mayfield, uh, Philip Bailey, you know, Sylvester, you know, he's one of the, he's, he, he, you know, not just house, but just singers. Um, the soul and, and the intensity of his falsetto is, is amazing. Um, so I was excited to be able to, you know, to work. It was overdue. In fact, I talked to Byron a couple of weeks ago and I said, Byron, this product, we, sh- we should have did this many, many years ago, but, you know, he was, we were, you know, and we were both on Atlantic at the same time. We were on Atlantic, but we were so busy doing the Ten City Project. I was so, so, so busy being C.C. Rogers, which was so different. But we had a chance to come back full circle, back under Marshall Jefferson's, you know, reign. Under his reign, right? Yes, under his wing, yeah. Let's make everybody laugh for a minute. What's the worst gig you've ever had around the world? The worst gig? Ever. Man, I was at a, I was performing for an orgy in Switzerland and didn't know it. Everybody came out. Uh, I was actually on the stage and I'm performing and the, 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 the people came out 
It was in the mountains up in them ski resorts in Switzerland. And the, I should have knew something was funny because all the people had the white, you know, the white toga shit on. And I'm on stage and I'm performing and the DJ's behind me and they kind of figure I didn't know what was going on, you know, until like 10 minutes into the song, people just start taking off their clothes. I'm actually performing and people just start taking off their clothes. Did you start hands. singing and you just stop singing while you sing singing? I'm singing, man. I'm singing. singing. You do reenact me. So, so sing a little bit. So tell us what you reenact. Like just. What was I singing? Uh, 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 um. Come on, man. Make it my laugh. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Man, I can't. Okay, so I was something like, Sunny, yesterday my life was filled with rain. I was a little faster. Sunny, you smiled at me and really, oh shit, he's so bad. <laughs> the dark days are done. Titties are going everywhere. <laughs> it was amazing. Old people, oh man, it was it was disgusting. I was like, and I like sex, but don't get me wrong, that was that was you know I wasn't prepared for that, and 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 the people were laughing because I was like, and they was expecting me to go on performing. It was like really rich. I should have knew it was something funny, Lenny, because it was a lot of money. That this was gonna happen. It was like triple the money. They they put me in a private jet to come over there, and it was like so amazing, but. That's the reason why. It was some crazy shit. Excuse my language, but it was crazy. Yeah, that was one of the worst performances I ever had. I should have, it should have been one of the best, right? <laughs> Nobody mentioned to you pre to this, listen, you're gonna go out there, it's gonna get kind of funny. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. CC Rogers. Everybody comes out. CC out, thank you very much. <laughs> As it starts, and then people are dancing, you're doing Sunny, and everybody fucking stops dancing. Well, I wasn't doing Sunny. I think I was doing, I don't know, uh, No Love Lost, whatever, whatever yeah. my hit songs are. All I know, I'm performing, and people, first of all, people was dressed normal. Everybody was just, it was like start. But as I'm doing the performance, it changed. You know, people started coming in. And they had the toga outfits. You've, you've 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 heard this. It was like a, it was like a scene from uh, uh, Caligula. Remember remember the movie Caligula, you know. But with a band, I'm like with the band and the DJ behind me, and we're performing. I have my keyboard, and I'm like, I think. Oh, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was doing. I was. I know. I remember the song I was doing. I was doing uh, a Promised Land. Brothers, sisters. Someday we'll all be free from fighting, violence, and people crying. And all of a sudden, people started taking off their clothes. Lenny, it was amazing. But it, was, it caught me off guard. Because it wasn't like, and when I'm saying people taking off their clothes, it wasn't like I'm around a whole bunch of models. or the, These were like 50, 60-year-old men just going butt naked and women... <laughs> <laughs> going like this Lord please shield me from this pain I can't no, so I can't do do. Like, I can't I can't do this and, and, and I was like nah nah nah, nah. I, I, I was like oh no 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 I mean because I've been used to people taking their shirts off getting comfortable it happened to me look I did the grill New Year's Eve the whole crowd went naked that's the grill that's and they warned me are you okay with this? I said, well, you're paying me. I've seen worse. 
it's all right with me as long as I know. <laughs> you get, you know what you're coming. But they didn't even warn you. No warning. Dude. I should have known. I th I think that it was it was expected for me to already know, but I didn't. I didn't pick up. I didn't see any of the signs. I it, it start. It was like when I was on the plane when I was coming down off the mountain. It came to me. This is a you know. It was a private resort. It was a. I should have known, but I was so naive. Yeah, but you know what? You gave him the keyword. Everybody said when he says free, <laughs> <laughs> brothers and sisters, when he says the word free in English, is the moment you start take your clothes off. That is your cold word. That is going to be the word of the night. Free. That was a crazy show. Never Give me did. your best gig ever, 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 ever. The Hacienda. Hacienda. Manchester. Um, in fact, I was I was with my I was with Marshall, Marshall, Kim Mazel, and myself. We did a tour, one of my first tours, uh, in the UK. I had came to the UK before to do a Helter Skelter because they was doing pirate radio, and that's when house music was being played. Um, it wasn't being played on BBC, but it was being played on pirate stations. Okay, that was my first time. And I was with Lolita Holloway, Jamanda, uh, I think Marshall was out there, but then Marshall recruited me and Kim Rizal to go on tour. And I performed in the North, like Manchester, Nottingham, Liverpool. Uh, and I immediately noticed the difference with the UK. And, you know, you would think like when you say the North here in, here in the United States, the North might be prudish, the North in the UK, it's the party people. You want to party, it ain't London, it ain't Wales, it ain't the South. I'm sorry, don't get me wrong, I love y'all down there. But you want to party, you want to party, you already know, it's the North. You got to go well, up. They're very soulful, musically speaking, oh too. God. And I went to a place called the Hacienda in Manchester. And it was amazing because, uh, you know, the whole the whole black and white thing. I, you know, uh, I grew up in the sixties and uh, I've always dealt with uh, racism. Uh, maybe not on the same level of being beat up or police brutality in that sense, because I was just always one of these people that, okay, I'm black and either I'm going to conform or I'm not. So when they call me nigga or whatever, I'm just gonna deal with it and, and keep my mouth shut to live for the next day. Uh, which is why I have a lot of love for the for the for the new generation of kids that fight, uh, because I wasn't one of those fighters. Yes, I would put it in my music. Um, I and, and like I said, it was you know all my music from all joint hands. Someday, uh, can we live, brothers and sisters? Has always been about fighting for racial equality, <clears throat> and it's been my struggle. So I, I don't have to say, well, what? How do you feel about being a Black America? or what's going on in a day and time. Just just listen to the lyrics of my song. It, 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 it's clear, it, it, it's defiant. And I, like I said, Someday wasn't doing anything here in the States. It was being played Tony Humphreys, Morales, you, uh, Larry LeVan, you guys were, were, were playing it, but you weren't mainstream radio DJs, you guys. Hell no, man, my crowd was all black. <laughs> the record was naked. playing at the bottom. Y'all was not, y'all was, you know, it was playing, it was, it was being played, and it was played in the gay clubs, it was being played That's in right. San Francisco, it was being played in Miami, but it was never, it was just not mainstream. So when I went over to UK, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be in an underground thing. I went to this club called Manchester, and I never forget, I think it was about 
350, 400 people. But I, when I tell you, Marshall, uh, two of the bodyguards there, um, and the road manager with us, there was four black men, black people in the whole club. Five bodyguards. Including yourself, including yourself, Marshall. You know, five black people. So it was 98% white people performing. When I started singing someday, not only were they singing the words, and they knew every lyric of the song. When I went someday, held that note, there was no social media, there was no Facebook, there was nothing. But they, everybody had lighters. They clicked them lighters, turned it on, and they put it up in the air. And you can look out. And there was movement, but it was like, to me, it was almost as if like I didn't hear anything. It was like, I'm hitting that note, and I'm looking out at all these white people. Like I said, my mentality, 24 years old, apartheid is going on. White people don't understand what I'm going through, you know. I, you know, especially here in America, no, they're not. So you can't expect it. <laughs> what am I? What am I expecting? I'm just let me just get this song. They're gonna hear the beat. They like the beat. No, Hacienda under. It was one of the first times in 1987, my brother. Okay, 1987. Uh, uh, you know, remember apartheid. Uh, 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 Mandela is still in jail. You know, so much going on. The the the, the Berlin Wall. Everything is going on. This 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 racism still going on, and all these white people in the northern part of it put the light on, and they click. As I'm singing someday, all the way to the end, and they clap when I was finished. It was more than just an applause. It wasn't like what a great performance. It was. I felt for that moment that these purple understood what I was talking about. And I remember, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I have nothing against it. I am not gay. But I remember running that, somebody grabbed me, I kissed him. I just grabbed him and kissed him. I'll never forget, he, he told me about that. He said, you kissed me. I was like, because I was, it was, it was so emotional. I couldn't believe the, 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 the impact. That was one of my best performances, 1987. And I've, only 300 people I have performed for thousands. I've performed for the Pope. I've done great performance, but that was one of the best performances ever. And one of the most classic nightclubs in dance music history, Hacienda. Absolutely. In fact, I'm so happy because uh, the Hacienda, I just did something online with the Hacienda about three, four months ago. And uh, just stay tuned. We're waiting for, everybody's waiting for this pandemic to, 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 to pass over. But, you know, the Hacienda Orchestra, Oh, amazing musicians. Um, and uh, What song I, did you do for them? Someday. Oh, you did Someday. You did do. All right. Yeah. 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 So, I'm going to uh, tell you something. I never forgot when I first went to England. It was the first time where I saw in London mixed marriages being accepted. Because here, <laughs> even though it was happening here, it's very on the underground. There... I was I was blown away to see black and white unity more, way way better than we've ever had in the United States. We've always you know, had this thing. It's amazing. it's amazing because we as we as Americans, if if we just really learn our history, 
you know, and, and it's not until Lenny, when you start traveling, you start realizing, why is it so much that you could tell the difference between an African and an African-American? Well, when I went to Africa and, you know, they, 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 they gave me love, but they told me I was mixed. They told me I was mixed. You're, 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 you're African-American. You are mixed. You're not African. And at first I was kind of offended by that because I do look at the beauty of their skin and everything. No, they're right. Um, what do they mean I, by that? Did I, you explain I, have, I have the, the first, the first time I started dealing with racism was in my own family. I had cousins that looked like you. They were so light. They passed away, even with the hair and everything. And they were able to live in certain out of, out of Springfield, out of Dayton, Ohio. A, it was one of the first uh, uh, cities, the first cities that one of the reasons why my grandfather had to leave New York to go to Ohio, uh, because rape, you know, they allowed mixed marriages in the 40s, you know, black and white people getting married there. But what happened was, was that, you know, I had cousins who were, who, 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 who lived better you know, lived in better neighborhoods and in, and to compensate where they had families, they would say that I was help or any of the dark skinned kids, we were, we were help. We weren't really, you know, then when I got famous, you know, that's my cousin or when it became popular, yeah, right. Right. My, he's my cousin Convenient. now, that's my Convenient. first cousin. And you're, but, you're, 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 but you were white. You were white because you were good. To, you, you passed for white. So you're going to be white, 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 white. Now you're, now it's okay to be black. It's amazing. Let's clarify that, right? Let's clarify. <laughs> well, out of Dayton and where you come from, some great bands like Slave, another one of our friends, Norma Jean, comes out of Ohio from Chic. Oh, um, man. Wait, so man. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lakeside, Heat Wave, Ohio Players. You want to go on? Cool in the Gang, even though they, 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 they found residents. They came out of Ohio. Cool. Robert Cool Bell is, is from Akron. Okay, so Ohio people. There's, there's something about that water, about that funk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that that, that funk. That, that funk Lake is Erie. Funk. That Lake Erie's got some funky ass water. <laughs> that's up there. Funk, that was some Lake funk. Erie. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of musicians come out of Ohio. Roger and Zap means a lot of lot of major major players. More bouncing yeah. out. And out of that small town, all that small town of Dayton. Dayton was not that big of a city, man. How big yeah. is Dayton? Tell people. John, John Legend is from Spring Springfield. So yeah, Dayton is. Oh man, I forgot how many, but. Dayton is much smaller than, than Cleveland, you know, much yeah, smaller. Cleveland was the main city. Dayton's like yeah. the off city, right? Cleveland, so what, Columbus. What was the industry in Dayton? What was huh? the main industry in Dayton? Like Motown had GM, General Motors. What would have been in Dayton that would have brought people there to make, if you weren't, you know, a musician, what, what factories were you working in those days? What, what were the jobs? I really can't tell you. I don't remember so much. I lived in Dayton only for a, a small time and I visited, I have family members there. Um, I think that it was maybe a suburb because there was, it was, I don't know how close it was to Cincinnati or Columbus. I can't really say, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I have to find out. It's in the history book somewhere, but I just know there was a lot of great musicians come out of there. I was in the, you know, sometimes out of out of hardship. Cleveland it was steel. We had the USS. Yeah, steel. you had US Steel there. Yeah, no, no. And then also the two Cleveland Browns. Shut up. Shut up, Lenny. Don't stop. <laughs> <Browns. laughs> 
Michigan, Michigan didn't say the Indians, okay? <laughs> the Indians. He said the Browns. Cleveland Indians, okay. But anyway, <laughs> let's go on from there. A lot of great talent. Sometimes what happens at a hardship, and this is what we see, you know, like Motortown, Motown had all this Barry Gordon and Dream, all this stuff, and here you guys are. You didn't have no Motown to go to. You just had a dream of doing music, you know, and yeah. taking it taking it a step further. I mean, what what makes a man like you go after going to Berkeley? What's the dream? What's that, you know, that passion? What made you do it? Music was always all around me. My mother, my mother is a singer, and my my father, everybody, you know, uh in both sides of my parents, like uh, my, my granddad had a church. So I was always exposed uh, to music. So, um, and then in Cleveland, um, like you said, in hard times, everybody could sing. Every, it's Cleveland and Detroit. You know, we used to go to Detroit. Detroit was only an hour away from Cleveland. And on Sunday, I would go up to, uh, 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 to play with the uh, uh, the Winans or 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 the or the, or the Clark family, uh, M- Maddie Moss Clark would come and do seminars. Uh, if you remember the Clark sisters, Karen Clark Shears and all of them, the mother Maddie Moss Clark, who was an innovative of of, of three part harmony, she would have youth houses where people like me and my 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 brother, my sister, all of us was exposed. We were always around music. The the crackhead could sing. They would be doing harmonies outside. And they were serious about it. They were just as serious about they crack. They were serious about how they harmonies. They wasn't they wasn't singing sloppy. <laughs> so that's that's the culture. You know, and you had to sing. You you wasn't it wasn't like I, I've been to churches in different other areas where go ahead, let the Lord use you and blah blah blah. It wasn't that way in Cleveland. You couldn't sing, you wasn't in the choir. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't sing or they or or or, or you were, or you were told you were told honey you could sit up here but you better not open your mouth <laughs> <laughs> you better lip sing no yeah and play your air volume do not yes. we do not yes. want to hear you singing yes yes <laughs> See, people don't get that. They think, you know, here, oh, but then, then the, here's a question that I should pose to you now. Do you think it's okay that everybody gets awarded for average work or not even fair work anymore? Like everybody's a winner or was it better the old way where we competed to be the best at our craft? My personal uh, opinion about that is that competition is always good. Uh uh, but constructive criticism is is also good. There is uh, you, you just can't beat a person to to the point of depression. Uh, but in this day and time, I, I it's like bingo for me. I don't know. I strive to be the best at what I can do, and I realized that yes, it helped in a lot of ways, but it didn't actually uh, uh, guarantee success. You know, and success for me, you know, I think that if I, success for me was to be able to make a living doing what I love to do. And that was it. If And, and if that meant being a teacher, I was okay. I just knew that I loved music so much. Uh, I wanted to be the best singer, uh, even though I knew that 
I was not the best singer, but I strived. And I never stopped striving, even, even to this day. I, I, I want to sing better than what I sing before. And that's, that's a good thing, okay? People take uh, a competition in a whole different way. But I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of telling people how great they are when they're not or, or pushing. Yes, when kids are young, you have to protect them. But at a certain level, you have to, you know, you know, I remember the coach telling Shaquille O'Neal, man, if, if some people, you know, you can't, Shaquille was horrible and, and when he was at Jersey City uh, in school. And, and, and who made these guys great? The coaches, you know. Yeah, uh, Lenny, I don't, I don't, I don't, no. Nah, yeah, because, I, you know, today it's like, yo, man, you came in eighth place. God bless you. You did great. I mean, that's yeah, nice. But let's nah, be honest. I don't, what do you I don't, I don't. I don't, I, like I said, it's a different, we, we learn, Lenny, it's also the same thing. There was, you know, there's so many di diagnoses of, of, of medical stuff. Uh, uh, back in my time, if you was crazy, you were just crazy. That that boy crazy, you know. Now they got so many, you know, he suffered from post-mortem distress of this, this, this. There's so many bipolar. different. He's out so many. So we have to we have to understand that that we are constantly evolving. So science can have a can can play a big part. I don't know. Um, when it comes to my son, I'm very you know. There was a time when my son was very angry with me, uh, but then he would turn around and come back and say, "Dad, you were right." I remember uh, he's a great producer himself, and um, I remember when he was first getting into producing when he was sixteen and seventeen. He was a big Green Day fan and. He loves rock and he's finding himself still even to this day. He can sing, but he was always, he he always never felt that he was a great, great singer. I know that he's a much better singer than he thinks he is now, but I can only push him so, so, so much, you know. Now in his production, I remember telling him, you can be better. This, this shit is sloppy. Lenny, when you do your, you're, you're, you're a producer yourself. Um, and when you, and you've produced a lot of great songs, even when you've done documentaries, you put your you put your, your your best in it. Nobody has to tell you. You don't need you don't need your woman on the side going, oh baby, baby. you're gonna do the best automatically. But that's from the schooling that you came from. You you old school. Uh, you 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 hear what I'm saying? Do, yeah, do there's a thing called mediocre is okay now. Mediocrity. I don't believe in that. No 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 no. The quality. Quality always stands, always stands test of time. Quality will always stand good, bad, and indifferent. I agree. That's why I asked you, is it okay for us to promote eight, nine, ten grade? It's a question of, like I said, it's, it's, it could be either or. It, I, I, can't, I can't say yay or nay, you know, because I've grown into this point where, okay, I used to be an iPhone guy. Okay, iPhone to me was like the best phone on the planet at one time. But the truth of the matter was, it was never the best phone on the planet. There was HTC, there was Samsung, there was other, they were better phones. But if you marketed better, it's the same thing, Lenny, when we came along and it was VHS and it was beta. VHS won over beta because what? It was easy to market, it was smaller, and it had a big marketing campaign. But the best tapes was beta. Yeah, that's true. Betamax, baby. Betamax. Betamax was the best tape, was the best videotape, the best quad. They were so close. Betamax was close to HD before there was HD. 
but it didn't well, it died down. So yeah, well, mediocre, whatever. Do we market it? Look, look at this. Look at this president. Is he the smartest of what America is? No, but he's the most powerful man on the planet. Is he really smart? Do he represent the greatest minds here in America? Your kid is smarter than Donald Trump. Let's just be real. But hey. Who are you to say anything? Right, 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 right. Because you, you don't know. Ready? You ready? <laughs> hey, your brain ain't as big as 45. Got the biggest brain ever. It's all right. He said it himself. He said it a thousand times. Mark, I have a lot of words. I went to, I, what, what school I went did you to, I went to Warren Business School. got the same sentences over and over again. I got a collective <laughs> sound that sounds exactly the same. Listen, hey, you know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. Oh man, Michelle had me in tears. Oh man, it is what it is. She, oh, she had Lord, me. In tears. I love both of those Obamas. I bring them back in a heartbeat. Michelle is. I love racial equality. First of all, I am a person that believes for us to be so evolved the way we are. What made America? And you said it earlier in the in the broadcast. You said. What made America great was the different nationalities and ethnicities that came together and brought this common denominator, success. Everybody came with their piece of it. It wasn't, oh, because he's white, he's black, he's Spanish, he's Indian, he's uh, Pakistani. It was, he was smart. We love what his ideas are and we're going to, you know, invest in it. That was what the thoughts were. Some of the greatest minds were the minorities. One of the, why, one of the reasons why I stay so close to the New York area is because how diverse it is. You know, people, don't get me wrong, I, I, I've lived in Italy, I've, 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 I've stayed, I've spent months and months in Finland or Denmark or different places. There's nothing like America when it comes to diversity, especially in places like California or New York City where you have so much, you, you, you know, uh, true. I speak Italian, you know, and, and, and when I go into little Italy, whether it's little Italy here in New Jersey or little Italy in, uh, in, in New York, I go in that community and I speak their language. They look at me and they welcome me. You know, it's a, it's a, this culture, this diversity, what makes America is why so many people want to come here, you know, opportunity but the fact that we are so diverse yes it, it it's it was a nasty way of how we got this way you know uh, a, a black american slavery built this country it made us go out ahead you gotta know the history if you don't know the history you're gonna debate if you haven't traveled like you have lenny like you you've been around the world you can't understand and appreciate what makes america so beautiful but the truth of the matter is, is that He's with right. all with all the stuff that we've done, the wars that we want, we're in trouble right now. This might be this might be the change. And and is that and what we, they were talking about in the biblical sense that you Yeah, could be, bro. Could be, but it's it's it's. I couldn't believe, like I said, the stuff that has went on this last four years. These last four years, you wouldn't. Have, yeah, even when he was elected, I was I cried because I was like, I can't believe this guy. Because you got to understand. I met this dude. I met this dude at Fashion Week. Me and David, we, we saw how, how we met this guy a couple of times. And it's like, it's funny because I can get into moral logo because of my status, but the people that support him, he wouldn't have them 
VIP, are you? There is no guest list tonight. They would they, they would even get Excuse you know they wouldn't me, even get, they wouldn't even Trump. these people that are in the Midwest that love Trump that would support him and vote. It's amazing because they they couldn't even get into it. They they that's another story, man. I'm not even gonna get excited. <laughs> you but you understand what I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. You know, people wanted to hear about the Michael Proctor story when he came around you too is like you know when what part of your life was that because we just lost him too recently uh, yeah, yeah 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 michael yeah. proctor is no longer with us another big name and how you know again and uh, another brother that was known in the r&b circuit that crossed into the dance game yes and and, yes. and, and saw the light of success yeah, well yeah, well i met him at the uh, we did a show together at the southport weekender and uh we shared that we shared a, a ride on a plane back very amazing brother, amazing brother, good brother, yeah. yeah. You know, I had another friend of mine, Dwayne Holt, who played Studio 54, and he said to me, yo, man, Trump treated me so good when I played at his party, he gave me an extra tip. It's like 1984. He said, he's not such a bad guy, and this is a black brother, Dwayne. I love Dwayne. And I said, Dwayne, but yeah, that's different when he's your boss. And you're playing for him at a club and running a running a country, it's not the same. Uh, and look, everyone's gonna hate me. I know there's a lot of Trump supporters, and you've upset. I, I don't. I'm not here to bastardize Trump or to make him a saint. Things are what they are due to what we're dealing with. It is what it is. You know. Somebody had told me, and it was true. I remember being in a in a part of Italy, and. Uh, I was always saying I love Italy. I really love Italy because uh, I've al I've always been treated. I feel like I could take that vest of racism off. And then I ran into an African who had grew up in 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 in, um, in Italy in uh, Tuscany, and we were speaking, and he says, "My brother, you will never see the racism that I saw of the Italians because you were famous when you came here." It's like. Okay. He says, so be careful when you when you when you when you say what you say. Don't get me wrong, I still have my feelings because that's my feelings, you know. But maybe because I'm also American and there's such a, a I've never dealt don't get me wrong, I deal with racism anywhere. I'm not saying that all it all the Italians are are are, are not racist. Come on. Or racist. No. I have Italians that I've grown to call my brother. You know, I love the Italian culture. I love their culture for, for a lot more reasons than just the history of it and, and the way the people treat. And if I had to go live in, the, in, in Europe right now, I preferred to stay in Italy than I do in England. I would struggle with the language than I would go in the UK. And don't get me wrong, I love my people in the UK, but I can't get with that four, weather, four different weathers in one day. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, I got to have an umbrella, you know, for the weather's up there or, or, or that shepherd's pie. <laughs> you, you're not going to get, you ain't going to, you ain't going to switch me from the Italian cuisine. They trying to knock Croatia. That's some good food. That's some good meat. But I love Italian. Right now. You heard it like <laughs> his sponsorship, Croatia, my new home. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I lost my mind there because I went to Kuwait. I, I, I wish I could do an Anthony thing. You know, that's one of my weakness. I love to eat. I love. Why? I'm a stranger to a fork and knife either, brother. 
I love good food. That's that's another that's a big weakness of mine. I love good food. And I was in Croatia and and, and Marshall turned me onto it first. He said, Koi, he said, Man, you gonna that meat, man. I don't know. They I had the best pizza. I said, Man, you're crazy. The best pizza you're gonna ever find is in Napoli, period. You know. Now their pizza was pretty good, but their meat. And the reason why their meat is better to me than 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 the Italian cuisine is because the the animals live a full life. They live a good life. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They 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 they're, they're nurtured. You know, they they they're fed. It's the it's it's how they you know do their meat. It's unlike here. Everything is mass produced. The Monsanto companies. Monsanto's- Modium sodium, yeah. That's, you uh, wonder why everybody's friggin' dying around us from diabetes and everything, and all the undercurrents. And over there, they're living a you know a longer, much more zestier life than we ever yes, could live here. Yes, yes. Well, Not I don't know. Change, it's changing because when uh when when McDonald's went to when, when <laughs> McDonald's went to Italy, <laughs> changed everything. I know that. I remember that. The Italians started getting heavy. <laughs> yeah, you noticed that happened. It's like, oh, what happened? Man, when I used to go to Italy, when I used to go to Italy, if I didn't bring the right kind of clothes, because I was always a big man, I couldn't, I remember doing a gig with Grace Jones and Andre Pacelli in Bologna one time. And um, uh, uh, I went on a flight and my luggage was late. And we had to go, we are in Bologna, you know where Bologna and Milan is, it's like three hours far. We had to go all the way to Milan to find a big man shop just to find me a, a, a suit because, you know, and the suit was still tight, man. I'm a, I was a 52. Uh, I am still a 52, 52 in the chest. And they almost had to make me a, 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 a they couldn't make it because my show was that night. So we had to go all the way to Milan and find, that's how clothes was. Now I can go anywhere and find clothes in Italy. Isn't that something? Yeah, because, 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 and that's because of McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's, man, and you know what's terrible? McDonald's followed me to Italy, and then the next thing you know, how in the hell you got a Pizza Hut in Italy? That's what I want to know in Italy. That that really don't make any sense to me. I, I'm still freaking out. Domino's Pizza in Italy to me is the worst. It's the worst here. Oh, I'm not into. No, it's all right. No, no, you know it's true because a lot of us say the same thing. It's like going, yo, it's like going to Mexico and having Taco Bell. Oh, like, how uh, the hell does that work out? Uh, Come on now. How do you have Domino Pizza? When, when, uh, you know, my manager is Italian, and I was like, "What?" We rolled by, and I says, "That's a Domino's." He said, "C C C C." I was like, "What?" what was why? You kept saying, "Why?" God, so I was like, "Ugh, terrible." Booha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, history, You're Italian, Lenny, right? Italian and Spanish. Tu capito Italiano? Tu capito. Un poco, un poco. Palato Italiano. See, we, we, I learned more on the road than I did at home. Learned See? Hella, I tell this to everybody. You know, no school could ever taught me what I saw. Exactly. To assimilate with people on the ground around exactly. Exactly. Assimilation is a word you learn as you are in, and when I say ground, when you're running from flight to flight, from having dinner with people, hotels, 
you're in their neighborhood, you're talking their language. Mm -hmm. You know, and I understand what that African brother told you. He was right. You've already coming in a little bit more special. Right. You know, there's, there's a light shining on you. And of course, same with me. If we would have came in, nobody would have known us. They'd be like, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? But they knew that we were coming with special gifts. And that's the same thing that I'm glad that a lot of my white brothers and sisters here in America are starting to understand. And that's why they're becoming part of this Black Matter, um, Black Lives Matter thing. A lot of them are starting to get it. Okay. Well, you said, oh, wait a minute, what do you mean Black Lives Matter? All lives matter. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not saying that your life does not matter. But, but look at the statistics of how Black people are being killed. Oh, well, you know, you're treated a little different than we are. Trust me. Trust me. I had this conversation. I remember when I was 24, 25, when someday first came out and I went and got my first Mercedes. Oh my God, it was horrible, bro. I got stopped on uh, I-95 so many times. And I remember telling a guy, I was pulled over and I was always asked to get out the car. And I was explaining this to a... To a first of all, wait a minute. What I, kind of Mercedes... Why, are you, why, why you just don't tell them no? Why you just tell them no, you're not getting out the car? What's the problem, officer? I says, I didn't have that luxury. I was wait, told wait. to get out the car. Wait, 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 wait. I wasn't told, can we check your trunk? They did it. You understand, Lenny? I, I know that feeling. Wait, but explain to everybody the kind of Mercedes-Benz you had. Because I can guarantee you it was a... It was a, it was a a, a woman's good-looking car. Tell us what work you were driving. Come on now, because I know exactly what was going through the minds of when they were pulling you over. <laughs> well, I still got it. I still got it. I got to get rid of it. It's, it's old as hell. But I okay, still, it's a relic now. I, but at the time when you got it, what was it? SL500. SL500. Hear that, children? An SL500. State of the art at the time. A car that was making as much as a police officer made in the year or right. two. He right. had a car that was, so of course he goes, you know, a white officer making at the time $23,000. Yeah. And in those days that car was 65, 70,000. A hundred thousand. Sorry, excuse me, I'm saying in pounds. <laughs> 65,000 pounds, about a hundred thousand USD, okay. Mm -hmm. Of course, they see a, 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 a nice man, a, a gentleman like him. We all know him as St. C.C. Rogers because of his musical you know, background. They don't right. see that. They see they a black know. man with dreads. Right. He's driving a car. And the first thing they're thinking about is the drug dealer. Yep, absolutely. He's getting profiled right off the bat. He's a, there's no way this man can afford this car. No yeah. way he can afford it. And you know what? To a point, I understood that. Because I put my hands on, I taught my sons, I taught my sons this. Teach put them. Put your hands on the steering wheel, put the windows down, put the, if it's dark, turn the lights on, understand. But sometimes that's not the reason why they pulled you over. And you can be so polite. And there are good cops out there, Lenny. There are. And I think there are more good cops than I. But every once in a while, you're going to get an asshole that. It happened to me. Like his job. Doesn't like his job. And is bitter, just like in anything. And you got to understand, and these are the people that will kill you. And they have the power to kill you. And then they kind of know they'll get away with it. So this is the kind of thing that we're, 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 we're trying to. That's why this movement is so bigger. And I'm happy to hear this, okay? But I, I understand there's going to be people that they don't want to understand. All lives matter. 
No, all lives, please, please understand what we're going through. Understand this struggle. It's called empathy. That's what Michelle was talking about yesterday. Empathy. Do we have empathy? I have empathy. You have empathy. We 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 gonna get through this, but we 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 gotta learn to love one another. That's that's what my music has always been about. Loving one another. Simple. Profound, brother. And we're in some rocky times, man. Yeah, man. All over the world. All over the world. How do you feel about the prospects of Mr. You know, I call him Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe Biden, how do you feel about this prospects of him even having a shot to win? Does does you believe in your heart, your gut that he's going to win? He has a chance, or you think this is not going to happen this year? Um, I believe that he's going to win. I believe that he's going to win. Um, only because I believe in America. I believe in the good of America, and I believe that it's so outright noticeable you're going to always Lenny you're going to always have and I don't call them ignorant people because you got very smart people that is against the establishment they're going to always be people that are about racism and about uh, about uh, status quo about you know putting people down uh, you know no matter I well I worked hard for what I want and you got to work hard and you know I feel that you know, they feel that every everybody, not just black, everybody that 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 looks my hands out, that's that that is a whole people. I've worked, I've always worked very hard, but the color of my skin is always sometimes judged who I am, the character, and that's what we want to get away from. However, there's gonna always be people that's gonna always judge you for the color of your skin until they evolve. I believe that at one time, you know, I, I can go deeper, Lenny. I feel that they are aliens that would love to uh, uh, meet us or that is watching us. And they're just waiting for us to evolve. We need to evolve. We need to evolve. Do you evolve. actually do believe that we do have artificial, or I should say artificial intelligence, I should say life forms in different galaxy, not necessarily yeah, in this galaxy. Absolutely. absolutely. I believe that. I believe that there are and I believe that they are a little bit more intelligent, a lot more intelligent than we are. And this is why they stay away from us because they're waiting to see if we're gonna destroy ourselves, which most likely we might, or we're gonna evolve. And one of the things about us evolving is, 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 is the fact of we're all, we're all created equal. That is so simple. We're all, uh, or, or wait a minute, they know that they're not gonna come and become part of our our society because they know that we're going to hate them. That's probably the only reason why black, uh, no, not black and white, human people come together at all. We hate each other so bad, you know, for privilege, for whatever. We, we're we all the same. Are there good and bad in everyone? And it's so simple. It's simple, but it's easy to, to say, yeah, that's true. But, you know, stereotype. I, you and I, Larry, Lenny, we, we stereotype. But do we stereotype in such a negative way? Because I damn show, I damn show was stereotyped that white woman. I just woman heard that Ohio accent come out. Show. <laughs> I, I damn show got stereotyped when that white woman sold me that fucking TV. I didn't have no fucking clue. Excuse my language. I, why am I cussing so much? I had no clue that this woman was going to sell me a TV with rocks in it. But a black guy couldn't have done it. Because I was from, I was fresh out of Cleveland and Berkeley. And, you know, I would have knew it was a big but a white woman with a baby standing in Penn Station, it was a setup. 
It was stereotyped. She was waiting on me. She took that $300. She was a con artist. She couldn't wait to get out of there. It was a con artist. The same lady that, 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 that conveniently in Central Park conveniently called and said a black African-American. Was she really racist? No, she's privileged. I don't think it was right. And I'm glad that the, that, 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 the, the black guy, the bird watcher, whoever he was, said, let's leave it alone. You know, she was in the heat of a moment. We do that. It's human nature. I don't think the woman should have lost her job. No, but let's just call it for what it really is. It's a form of racism. It's a form of privilege. And once we get over that, and we are, I believe we're going to get over that, we're going to move on to other problems. Yeah. But it won't be as... You know, we've evolved. We've come a long way in, in, in 100 years. You know, we, we, we put men on the moon. We're going to Mars. We, you know, we're going to crack codes, DNA. You know, I, I, I suffer from, a, I recently, last year, was uh, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So now I'm taking medicine. I'm able to play for you today that six months ago I couldn't even play. Really? I didn't know about this. Yeah, well, the thing, oh, dag, this phone. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened was that, so what happened what happened was was that I remember people in my family, I think my grandmother had it, she had grew tougher and it was so bad years ago, 20, 30 years ago, her hands, you know, they curl up. A musician's got it, it was in. I'm playing again. So technology, you know, you look at these commercials, man, all these, all these, you know, we we we're growing where it was part of the evolution. Yeah, but sometimes we're so ignorant. Look, look, look at this. The vaccine. People aren't gonna take the vaccine. Look at the look at the people that don't think that a mask work. The Americans. Lenny, privilege sometimes hurts. You and I, is it we have internet, we got Facebook. Do we really have to think this is such a conspiracy when the world is showing us different countries? Everybody's a liar, I guess. South Korea really didn't control it. New Zealand really didn't control it because it's conspiracy. Italy, which I was, you know, I was so upset. I, 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 you, you asked me about the COVID. I was depressed because I had to get out of Italy before the lockdown. I had to get out of Italy the day before. I was working with a a, a young artist that's on the, that, that uh, was on The Voice, and I'm producing her. And I was in, I was in Milan, and I was producing her, and. I had one last day and the airline said, we are closing down. Italy was really bad. Italy went on lockdown. Italy locked down. People could not come out the house. I was sending Texas back. Everybody this cold week, really, really sick. there was only two or three cases here in the United States that we knew of or in New York. I had to get back, get quarantine myself and get ready for what was happening. It should not be 170,000 people dead. Should not be. Not America. Don't blame it on Trump. Look at all Common the, sense. Just common sense. Common sense. Uh, I don't want to wear a mask because of my, my freedom. Well, shit, you got to wear a damn seatbelt. I, I hate well, the you fact know what? I, 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 I used to love, I love riding a bike. My wife won't let me ride a bike, but I, I'm able to ride a bike at certain countries I go to, but here I can't ride a bike. That, that's just the rule. I'll be, I'll be in divorce court right. But here you got to wear a bike, you got to wear a helmet. I hate the fact that I had to wear a helmet until that one time I fell on my bike and I hit my head with that helmet. 
had I not had that helmet on on, 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 on 280, I wouldn't be here to talk about it. A mask, Lenny? Are you serious? A mask? Well, it's my right not to wear that mask, they say. It's so stupid. First of all, I'm going to break it down real simple. If you were having surgery, you were having surgery, would you want the doctor to have no mask on, no goggles? Thank you. So why the hell does it not work on a normal day-to-day -day right now? Period. And this is temporary. Maybe a year. I guess Michael Jackson was we're, right. We, we're, we're going to get over this. We're going to get over this. But all these people have to die because of of it's 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 a it's 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 incredible. So I just uh, I just let people talk, man. I just you know I just watch it. But it's 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 you know. So when you ask me these these opinions and stuff like that, I I I I, I don't know, bro. I really don't. I just can. I just only speak of me and mine, you know, and, and just pray for those and hope. Cece, Cece, listen to me. Everybody asks this question to famous people. To my world, you are famous, brother. You're famous that's, beyond. To that's, that's the it. old Cece who's just today speaking to the younger Cece of 35 years ago. What would you tell him? What kind of, what kind of advice would you give that man coming hmm. up? That's a deep, that's a deep, deep question. Um, what I would tell the, 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 the young CC, um, control your anger. Um, deal with those, deal with that anger management, you know, um, stop being angry. Um, and listen more. I was headstrong. I was a good listener, but I was cocky. I think the cockiness got me to got got me certain places. But uh, you know, be more open-minded. I think that I could have I could have done more if I was more open-minded and not closed-minded. Uh, and, and and I was just open-minded enough to to become friends with. Uh, Marshall Jefferson, which would change my life forever. Who was, like I said, uh, Marshall probably would have liked me if we hadn't met anywhere else. You know, <laughs> it was the music that brought us together, and uh, you know. And thank God for that music because I tell you, I had said that many times I would never have been to the places I've been. I've never would have had the friends I would have today. Exactly. I never would have had the money, nor the success, nor all the things that we were all blessed because of the music. Yes. House music as well. I guess from, house music. Yeah. People, people, people come around and, and I, I, I do love, I, Lenny, I, I bet you enjoy this because you live in New York. You kind of enjoy that dual, that dual celebrity thing. You can go out and go to the go to the uh, supermarket, and nobody, and nobody bothers you and stuff like that. But then when you go overseas, it's a different. You know, you get to put the you know it's Lenny Patana, blah 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 blah. So I, I kind of enjoy. I like that. So uh, yeah, because you can you can step in light for a moment and step back out and be normal. It does well for me because. Um, I do feel for those people, you know, you know, there's an artist that fight for being famous, 
all, that's all they want. And if you tell them, no, that's not what you want. You want love, you want acceptance. Uh, one of my greatest feats is my family. You know, I have a, I love my family. And uh, I thank God for the way, you know, it might not have happened the way I wanted to, but, you know, my kids, my, my, my wife, my family, I, I'm, I'm very blessed, very blessed. How, how, how it materialized. It wouldn't materialize if I had, if I, Lenny, you too. If you said, okay, I'm going to marry this kind of girl. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This, this, this. Probably wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> probably wouldn't have worked out well for you. You know, finding the right woman that can deal in this kind of business. She has to find you. You really don't find them. Think about it. Am, 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 I, am I right or am I wrong, Lenny? Am I right? Just tell me. Just tell me. You I'm going to be honest with you. My wife is a disco girl. There's yeah. no other way it could have worked out. She could, I could not have done it with a regular type of woman. I shouldn't say regular, but I mean, very prude and not understanding how, how first of all, the traveling. The traveling would have been enough to, to drive anyone to a drink. And the jealousy yeah. would have been, I hear that from all our brothers and sisters, the jealousy. You know, how do you deal with that? I never had that problem. Most, most, most marriages you know, the Hollywood thing is always because of jealousy, because of the privileges and stuff like that. There was some, um, you know, the woman that I was first in love with, she was, oh my God, uh, uh, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you on WhatsApp this picture, it's gonna, you're going to laugh about how jealous this business can be. And, and the thing is, is that you've had to work with a lot of, you know, let's be honest, it's the female artist that makes the money. So when you're in a studio, you have to work with these women. You have to work in this in this type of environment of these beautiful women coming in, and 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 then there's there's two there's two sides of the coin. Um, yeah, I've never had to deal with that as, as well. I've always had uh, my wife is not wasn't a club girl. My wife is a, is a nurse, um, and 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 I tried to get her to. It's funny. I tried to get her to 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 leave the nursing and 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 work in my business, and she was like, I, I love what she's doing. So she pushed in and and went to the top of her game to be a doctor in nursing. So she's at the top of the game in what she does, but she's always supported me and what I do. And you know, the good thing about it, Lenny, is that it's. I think it's kind of good when you meet somebody and you're already established, as opposed of meeting somebody that was with you doing the struggle. When my wife met me, I'd already had some day out and I was in the struggle and she just came in and rolled up her sleeves and worked with me. That's a good thing. Yeah, it is good because it's the appreciation factor of having, exactly. you know, getting and rising exactly. to the top. Exactly. I keep hearing that song, rising to the top. Keep rising to the top. <laughs> give it all you got. Give it all you got. Give it all you got. Well, let me words. ask you this. Well, let me ask you this. Before before I die or before I hit 60, well, that's not far. Before I hit we're going to do something together, Lenny? I would be more than honored, Brother CC. Honored, man. I Listen. would be more than honored. I have been a long-time fan. Got it on tape. You recorded this conversation. Everybody in the world. My ma my my assistant Karen heard it. She's probably and believe me, she's gonna ring it later. Okay, so what are you doing? <laughs> what? So what track are you gonna get for CC? I can already hear her. Yeah, I, I just wanna I just wanna say, it's been an incredible two hours. There is nothing that I could say that we, this Zoom thing is a blessing in disguise because it's given time for us to sit and really reminisce, teach, 
learn, prepare, help others grab our, our, you know, our steam or however you want to look at it. Well, I, 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 am, I am honored, Lenny, because I'm a fan of yours. I've always, I never, I think it's the most that we've ever talked. I, like you said, we ran into each other a few times. Hey, CC, what's up, bro? You good? Yeah. That was it. That was it. <laughs> I was always running to that circle at the Winter Music Conference or whatever, but I was always, like I said, I I, you know, when somebody told me, I was looking at, I, I happened to be in uh, in Italy when I saw that documentary coming. I said, it's Lenny Patton. I was like, what? Lenny? Go ahead. And I always knew you was from New York and, and Marshall always talked about you. So it was never, it's kind of like that distant friendship. So when you did call me, it's, it, you know, you should know a man by his fruit. So it was like, no, we, 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 we're not like boys, boys, but the respect of your work speaks for itself well that's what i've always said i don't want to ever have to be the one to say look at what i do look what i always said just google me yo if you don't know me i don't do a lot asking i i have turned down several i'm doing one friday with marshall because ultra is promoting a record i hate doing interviews i because i always look back and say damn i I shouldn't because i get i get real i get this is what we want though true house story yeah but you know what you know what i i i I, you know you know i don't want to like i said i i have a thing that people have to evolve in their own way they have to learn the way i don't like to be this i've taught for many years i've taught in the school system and i'm so happy that the, the, the the kids that i taught they're all, many of them are teachers, lawyers, and, and, and they've, they've gone on to do their things and they come back and say, professor, you know, it was in your classroom. I used to be bored sometimes when you used to talk. So I can run my mouth. But so I've gotten to a point at, you know, at my age now, I don't, I don't want to do a lot. I just want to just do my music and lay back. If anybody need advice, I like to talk to my son. So when you, if it wasn't Lenny Patana, they called me up and says, listen, bro, I don't want to do an interview. It wouldn't have happened. And I'm just being real. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just being real. I've called him out. <laughs> I, he doesn't do this. I, I let me tell you something. A lot of brothers and sisters that come on this thing don't do this. They feel like, I, look, one of them had asked Karen all kinds of, what's he going to ask me? It's like, it's just a discussion. It's a discussion. I didn't think, you see, I didn't say nothing to you. I, 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 already, I already knew this was going to be fun. I know. And I says, he's probably going to get me to say shit that I don't want to talk about, but just be ready. You know? <laughs> Marshall should have told you, yo, man, just be ready. <laughs> I, know. I, 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 <laughs> I tell the story every time about MJ's record. I said, yo, man, your record is the reason why I got fired from the underground. He's like, man, what do you mean? For real? I played the house music anthem. Yeah, because the promoter at that time said to me, take that end shit off. Mm. House music anthem. In those days, and I always talk about this. Here I am. Look at me. Look at me. In those days, I had a fine little mustache. I was in good shape. And I looked more Puerto Rican than Italian. In those days, I had a white crowd. I was playing for this because I was just happy to be DJing. Like you said, happy to be working. It wasn't <laughs> any, I didn't have no conditions. Oh, I want to play at a certain spot. I was like, yo, man, I'll play at a big club. Whoa. Oh, man. All right. Anyway, I played his record. And it, just got it on a black test pressing, played it again. And I remember the phone ringing. I saw the phone ringing because he used to have a phone from the front door to the booth. And he'd be like, I saw it ringing. I could see the lights. I'm like, grab it. He's like, yo, man, I don't want that and shit, that N-I-G-G-A shit here. And I went, okay. I said, no problem, no problem. So I went back, played a few more records. 
as defined as I am. I said, fuck that. <laughs> crowd's going, crowd's going crazy. Again, two hours later, play the motherfucker. Without screaming. And I swear to God, <laughs> 25 feet over the booth, this little white dude comes running down the stairs. Like this. Do, 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 do. And I'm watching him go like this. Trying to get through the crowd. He's pushing. And I'm like, he's coming. And I'm like getting ready. I'll never forget this. Comes running in the booth. I told you, take that nigga shit off. I told you to want. I went like this. Yeah? Eh? I pulled the needle up like that. <laughs> Whole crowd goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, what the fuck? You hear all kinds of shit? And I start just packing my shit. Like that, oh, fuck wow. you, motherfucker. And my, my, I'm like, you guys say that? Okay, I'll play this somewhere else. And that's the kind of shit when you talk about black music and what I experienced it in a different way. I'm like, you're gonna tell me what to play? Well, now I'm done. I'm done. Amazing. And I understand when I can only understand a piece of it. I've been around it. I saw it. I, I experienced it. I grew up in the same area as you did, different part of town, but I still saw it. I right. still saw what was going on. Right. So I can understand, you know, I don't want any more attacks in these neighborhoods. Like, that's the only thing that upsets me about this whole movement is that we've been watching the neighborhoods that the minority-owned businesses are getting killed. And I know it's not the Black Lives Matter movement, it's something else that's yeah. helping to create this problem. I know that because it's a peaceful movement, you know? Yeah. yeah. So we have to, you know, hope for the best and hope that change happens again, because we do need change. Let me tell you something. It will, it will start after November the 3rd. I believe I just, now don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm guessing like everybody else, because like I said, I was shocked in 2016. I was literally shocked. Well, when I saw the statistics come out and I saw all the brothers and sisters that did not come to vote because they didn't like the choices. Right. Look what happened. Right. Not only did they come to vote, they just was, a lot of people didn't vote. There was a, there was a, there was a lot of things. A lot of people didn't vote because they just, they just said she's going to win. They said she was going to win. Oh, yeah, so she's lot, done. She's got, she's in foot in it. A lot of people were so shocked, like, there's no way that this guy is going to be elected because we America know better. And we we really, and, 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 and don't get it wrong, this is why I'm sure that it might be a landslide. It's, there's a lot of Republicans. This is not the Republican Party of Republicans I know. I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm an independent a voter. Always been, always been independent. And 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 I, you know, I see both sides of the fence on, on a lot of things. Okay, uh, the Republicans that I know, you know, that party has become a party of opportunists. The Republicans that are in there that are running stuff, they're not real Republicans. Or if they are, they're the money Republicans. You know, they're not Kasich. They're not. K I've always liked Kasich. I, do I like a lot of his views? I've always liked McCain. I've always liked McCain. I've never, do I like his views? No. Some of it. There's some, some stuff he, but I can understand it. Are they good people? They're good people. Are you a good person? You know, debate is, it's kind of like, you know, me and Lenny could get together. Lenny don't like 
uh, uh, Lenny don't like uh, this certain type of sauce. Uh, I hate what's that? What's that green stuff that goes in my salsa? Um, I hate it. But Lenny got to have it all the time. Cilantro? No, 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 no. That that not Goya. Um, I forgot. I, man, my mind is going on. You know, I had me in here talking with you out. But there's we don't have to agree on everything. What makes us? What what what, what makes us? If you and I was to work, and I hope we do, we work on a song. You might not like the baseline I throw up. I'm not going. If, if when I start saying it gotta be this baseline, or you might say, okay, CC, you know, in four bars, could we just use the first three notes and then let me switch this number? No, no, <laughs> no. If I'm no, 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 then I'm not really. You know, no, really. it's 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 a give and take. It's I always say it's a push and pull. Yeah, you have to give to get. You cannot be all one sided. I've always felt that way. Sometimes right. you have an idea that'll take it over the top. Sometimes I can have something that can bring it down. It's, right. it's a part of a push and pull factor. It can't be all one-sided. Yeah. And lately I feel like this whole thing is just he top heavy right now. Very Guacamole. I hate guacamole. My wife just says, I hate guacamole. Okay, do me a favor. Send CC Rogers to New Jersey, guacamole. <laughs> you hear me, avocados. Send yeah. him a box of avocados, guacamole. Yeah. He's gonna love you for it. Write your name on there. <laughs> Ask him to send you a record. Send Thank you God. an autograph picture when you get the guacamole. <laughs> Next week we got we got another disco legend. Oh my God. Oh my God, that's gonna be on this next Wednesday. Look at he's even worried about that too. DC LaRue from Cathedral's Era from the mid Oh, okay. Okay. He's, okay. LaRue, he's another talented um, brother. Um, you killed us tonight. You really killed us. People are, are we, you killed us with, with, with edumacation. Uh, Edum we didn't, we didn't know you were professional. He's a professor. He's edumacated. I mean, the man, you know, he's talking. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I didn't get to see all the, all the comments, but I'm going to go. I want to say one thing to you. That's most important. Um, most importantly is that you treat people as you want to be treated. And that's the most important part to this. I don't care what color you are. You must treat. If you want respect, you must give that respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you think, you know, you're going to go running around town acting like fuck wild and thinking you can get away with shit. Well, sooner or later, your shit will come to an end. It always does. That's true. who you are, it always comes to an end. Your shit always comes, comes tumbling down. Anything you want to promote before we let you go? Because you've been in the hot seat for a while. Lenny, I just want to thank you for the opportunity of being on your show. Uh, I wish you much, much more success with this. And I mentioned to you something before when we were in that green room. <laughs> we were green room. Yeah, we're on the sidelines having a drink. Go ahead. Uh, you know, all of these different organizations, HBO, Netflix, everybody, they want, they're ready to, to bring house music to the forefront because it's a phenomenon in the music industry as far as world. And it's came, it's come back in the way of uh, David Guetta and, you know, here in America. Uh, oh, that was my last question. That was my last question. Most importantly, I'm going to leave you with this one. Did you ever think in the cycle of life, the music will come back to where we started? Yeah, it always do. It always do. Yeah, I know that it always comes back around. Yes, I did. I thought you was gonna say how was it 
to work with David Guetta. I was going to say, please. No, I don't want to know about it. Nobody... Right, well, how, was it? how was it to work with David Guetta? Uh, David Guetta's a nice guy. He's a no, nice he's guy. No, he's a very nice guy. He, David but... Guetta, Bob St. Clair, uh, the French DJs, they're, 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 you know, they actually took, you know, but, but, but all of them, just, just even everybody, every, you know, good musicians, good artistry, uh, uh, production is, is, is awesome. What I, you know, do I understand David Guetta? No, it's not somebody I can understand because, but do I respect what he respect what he does in the game? Absolutely. Uh, the same, the same with, 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 with anybody that's doing it and doing it well. Okay. Now, on that note, what I was saying is that uh, this 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 story of house music has to be done well, and I'm thinking that you would you know you on this board of of, of trustees or some people like that because it's going to take a, a a big community, brother. You've been in the game since the '80s, since the '80 middle of the '80s, and you would make sure that because if they get some stories told, the stories told correctly. You know the story, you know the roots. You you know nobody's going to be able to sit here and tell you that it didn't come from Chicago. You know, you got people saying, eh, it didn't come Chicago, came from New York House, or 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 current that's listen, house music was was bubbling. You know, you know the roots. Uh uh Marshall, who is truly, you know, one thing one thing has to be said. He, got, he got the bad stick because people stole his music. You, you know the story. You oh, know I know. We heard the story. We, from don't, him. Yeah. we don't have to go into it. I believe that I would put my I would put some money into it that you would tell a story. People have come to me, Cece, we want to do a documentary once you in it. And I, and I kind of walked away from it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not even down for this unsung thing or whatever, because I wanted to be done correctly. You know, I wanted to be done correctly. So um, if I ask you to be part of this, would you accept my offer? With you, yes. Because okay. you're going to be fit. You're going to be It's fair. legitimate. Because it's Gotta get and Marshall too. I can tell you right now, Marshall, Byron, everybody will come on if you're if you're a part of it. But this is a whole nother I hope this don't go on to another five years. I hope this thing doesn't come out and I'm dead. Okay. It should have <laughs> been, been, been out years ago. Okay. But everybody everybody puts their own spectrum. But now the big guys are coming in. You got like I said, you got Netflix, you got HBO. They're coming and they're putting this big money down on it. Lenny, we gotta put when they come to me now. I would like to be, and I'm being saying this on on our interview. I would like to be, you know, you gotta get Lenny Batana, Lenny Batana and his people. Well, here's his resume. Look what he did with the B B B, uh, you know, the BBC documentary, British Broadcasting Corporation. tribute. That was awesome, man. That was that was that was great. Thank you. I take you know, pride. I take pride in that. that. That was a lot of work, but man, looking back at it, you could never take that away from me. No. No, and it was quality. Again, the quality. You probably spent nights, hours, hours, Months. hours. Months just editing Months. the goddamn yes. thing. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we do. And that's why I say you have to have the right type of relationship. I spend hours up in this studio. You do doing I am here. This is where I live. Hours, hours, Notice hours. Notice that he's got a refrigerator to the left of him and an ashtray to the right. No, I'm joking. But just look, he's got a bed not far down over there. He's got, look, 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 everybody. Look, 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 he's got Stevie screaming at him, get back to work. And Prince telling him his inspiration. And he's got Earth, Wind, and Fire. He's got all the you see Earth, Wind, and Fire, yeah. Damn Earth, right, boy. That's an evil album. Evil. Oh, man. When you people used to Chicago, 
ask Byron Stingley. He'll tell you the same thing. Because when we worked on his records, I said the first thing was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Chicago's another big band that I love. I go always would go see Chicago when they came into town in New York. I go see them. I'm, I'm big into Cool. I'm into all those bands. Crown Heights, all that stuff. I grew up with that stuff. So Crown Heights Affair. Oh my God, the good Randy Muller. I gotta get Randy Muller on this not, show. Not, not too long ago, he was. They were awesome, man. Crown Heights Affair. Ooh, great musicians, man. Listen, man, you don't have me here long. I gotta go. <laughs> Marshall said to me, Marshall said, uh-oh, this is getting serious now. We're listening to him preach us. <laughs> All right, everyone. Next week, D.C. LaRue from Cathedral's Era, Casablanca Records.